1990 was the year it was made, and 1998 was the year that I first drove it. 99 is when I got my license, but 1998, on a trip out west, I actually got behind the wheel of this just to move it up slightly while we're at a campground. The vehicle in question was one of the most synonymous names with this one company that has so long disappeared, but yet could bring it back. That car, for as long as it's been part of that company, has been synonymous with luxury and prestige. It's the vehicle that lasted the longest in that company. What is it? Well, its last design was a two-box design that came out in 1990. And the vehicle I'm talking about is the Chrysler New Yorker. How is it something so glamorous, so luxurious, could just disappear from a company altogether? Well, in the future of today, where their new stakeholders, Stellantis, have given them the ultimatum that by 2030, they need to turn themselves around. How can this product, and many others, help bring back Chrysler from the brink of death? That is something we will talk about on today's podcast. Autolux Podcast coming to you anytime, anywhere from around the globe on any major streaming site from Autolux.net. Welcome back to the Autolux Podcast. I am your host, as always, the doctor to the automotive industry, Mr. Everett J., your host of the Autolux Podcast, brought to you by Ecom Media, Feedspot.com, and the Autolux.net website. If you haven't been there, stop by, check it out, and see all the great things of how we bring the automotive world together. We'd also like to thank Podbean for supporting us and looking out for us on all of these major podcast platforms from around the world. You can find us on every major streaming site that you can think of. And look for more at the Autolux.net website. So as I said, I am your host, Everett J for the Autolux.net podcast. And I am here today to talk to you about how Chrysler can bring itself back from the brink of death. Now, I know we've talked a bit about how Chrysler can form an alliance with some of the other premium brands or even luxury brands within the Stellantis group, forming alliances with, you know, as it once tried to in FCA with Lancia. Well, now with Stellantis, they also have DS. We've talked about this before and how this alliance can help bring them back from destruction. But really, how can we bring back the original image of that luxury brand? Take a look back in Chrysler's history and some of its most famous names. Town and Country, Imperial, and New Yorker. Some of the most famous names that Chrysler had and they also gave the image of luxury. Now the Town and Country name has been overutilized on minivans over the past 30 years. This is a name that cannot be brought back for brand new vehicles. But if they utilized it to go up against Cadillac in the autonomous pod ring, similar to that of General Motors' origin, they might be able to bring back the town and country name. Gotta remember, the original town and countries were station wagons, convertibles, coupes. They were the original Woodies. The name slowly disappeared by the 60s, but was brought back in the 80s for their minivans. The Imperial nameplate, similar to that of Lincoln with their Continental brand, branched itself out. As we talked about one of our previous podcasts about the many different divisions of the American Big Three and how they set different price points out for every single division over and above any other divisions, the Imperial nameplate set itself above the Chrysler division, similar to that of products like Duesenberg, Rolls-Royce, and hell, even Bentley at the time. Imperial was there. Imperial was similar to that as the Lincoln Continental brand. And as we all know, the Continental brand is big. How many people out there think of luxury from the 1960s and one of the first things that comes to mind is a Lincoln Continental? 
You think of big luxury from the 70s. You think of Cadillac Eldorados. Chrysler has been there, and they've had the Imperial, and they've had the New Yorker, and they've even had their 300. And at the very entry point, they have had their Newport. Utilizing good old names like this for brand new products can help revitalize this once great luxury make. Bringing back the New Yorker nameplate for a brand new Halo luxury car, an extended platform vehicle to go up against the new Cadillac Celesque. Cadillac's trying to go after the big boys now. They want to hit that premier marketplace. Hell, they're even bringing back the Cadillac Flying Lady. Trying to bring back some luxury. Similar to that how Lincoln brought back the Continental nameplate. Sure, it was short-lived, but it did pull consumers away from products of BMW and Mercedes. Some of these people even trading in their vehicles for the luxury mark from Lincoln. Now, why can't Chrysler do that? Why can't they bring back the New Yorker? And with it, why not bring back the Pentagon? That 90 New Yorker that I drove when I was 15 years old, it may have had a really cheap quartz Pentagon sitting on the hood of that vehicle. One of those things that was really big in the 80s and 90s, considering the fact that companies like Mercedes had hood ornaments still gracing the tops of their vehicles. Chrysler had it. And at that time, very few Cadillacs had it. And Lincoln was moving away. And when you take a look at the Cadillac and Lincoln logos, they seem luxurious. The Flying Lady may bring back a presence similar to that of the Spirit of Ecstasy on a Rolls Royce or the Flying Bee on the Bentleys. They want to go up against the top dogs. Cadillac wants to move above luxury and go premier. This is a place that Chrysler could go. Chrysler is a dying brand right now. With only the Pacifica and entry-level Voyager, which is essentially the last generation Pacifica, and the very last editions of the 300 still kicking around, they're essentially gone back to being a one-pony show. Now, how did they get here? This is a company who in the 90s and even, even in the early 2000s had multiple nameplates residing within their lineup. They products like the LHS, the Concorde, the 300, the 200, the Sebring, the Sebring Convertible, Town and Country. Hell, they even had the Chrysler Aspen SUV built off the Dodge Durango platform, which had more chrome accents than the competition. Chrysler was trying to bring it back. What happened? What made this great, luxurious company fall and become a secondary premium brand? They're not even a full-tier premium brand. They can't even go up against the likes of premium brands such as Buick, Infiniti, or even Acura because of their limited model range. Do you want to know what happened? Well, maybe you should go and ask Deutsche Zeitsch from the previous Daimler brands and their horrible tie-up with Daimler Chrysler. Chrysler, one of the foundation of Bob Lutz, Lee Iacocca, had moved themselves out of bankruptcy and in less than a decade, turned themselves around into being a decent premium brand. 15 years later, they were competing with the likes of Cadillac and Lincoln once again. They were hitting luxury marks and about to make that final step up. They were looking at bringing back the original Imperial nameplate. Now, if you've seen the concept car of the Chrysler Imperial from 2006, you'll understand. Sure, it had the appeal of a Rolls Royce, 
but so does an Aura Senate. Going back into the 90s, you had concepts like the 1993 Thunderbolt, the 1995 Atlantic, hell, even the 1996 LHX, and then moving up into the 1998 the Chrysler Kronos, and then the Phaeton. These were all luxury products that wanted to be more. Hell, the Atlantic brought back the old appeal of Duesenbergs and even Bugattis from the 1920s and 30s. The Kronos was a step up from the Concorde into the extended platform. Its oversized chrome grill, which would later be utilized on the future 300, in 1998 just screamed, I am luxury and I'm here to stay. But what happened? 1998. This is all leading up from 1991 to 1998. Hell, 1990, I was cruising around in a 90 New Yorker. Go back to 1989, you'll find the Chrysler Imperial concept by Lamborghini. Back when they owned Lamborghini, they had concepts for performance products. And they wanted to bring back the Imperial name because they knew the Imperial name was big in luxury, was big for this company. But when you start taking a look at concepts heading from 1999 to 2004, you get things like the Citadel, the Java, the Pacifica, hell, even the Panel Cruiser and Crosswire concepts. These weren't luxury, these were premium products. The Pacifica concept was just a more luxurious version of the town and country. The Java eventually would become the Panel Cruiser concept, becoming the PT Cruiser. And amongst all of that, the Citadel wagon was luxurious. At a time in 1999, station wagons were still in need in the North American marketplace. And with rear sliding doors on a station wagon, this thing could have seen a market. Similar to that of the 2000 Chrysler 300 Hemi C concept car. Had this product hit the market, it would have given the Mercedes SL a run for the money. But by 2000, Chrysler was part of Benz. And Benz didn't want competition. That's why a great product like the ME412 and even the Firepower never made it to see the light of day. Before the buyout, the Kronos concept was actually greenlit to go into production. They wanted something above their Concorde. Chrysler wanted to go after the executive nameplates. They wanted to go after the, the Mercedes S-Class, the BMW 7 Series, the Audi A8s. And they wanted to go after it even bigger than they were. But with a tie-up to a luxury mark, Chrysler wasn't there. Chrysler has had a kind of tainted history. And with their fallout in the 70s with the entire Chrysler Corporation, their buyout of the ill-fated American Motors and their Eagle brand, and then their tie-up with Daimler-Benz, all paved the way for Stellantis to own them now. The big three is now the big two. But Chrysler could live on, even in an expanding world of today. Concepts similar to that of the Citadel and even the 300 Hemi C from back in the day could fit in a world of today. Keep the 300 nameplate around, you can make a convertible. Gotta remember, Chrysler was the last of the big three to actually have an affordable convertible in their portfolio. Now, convertibles and coupes are marketplaces that are slowly dying out everywhere around the world. But bringing back a convertible to this nameplate could give them a niche. Similar to that of how the Pacifica still holds that niche market of minivans. And I remember FCA wanted Dodge to be just power brands. But Dodge always was and ever has been since the 80s, the minivan. Another product Chrysler should really consider in today's environment. 
We're starting to see the airflow concept, and we know this thing's going to be greenlit to come out because they're going to have to have some form of mobility to replace the 300 when it finally bows out by 2024. But if Chrysler was really smart and really wanted to go after something really big, they would ask their friends over at Maserati if they can utilize their platform for the MC20 and build the Chrysler ME412. Remember that concept from back in 2004? It was a supercar built for Chrysler. Yeah, they wanted a Halo car. After that, we saw the Chrysler Firepower, which was a Dodge Viper in a tuxedo. Remember the Cadillac XLR? A Corvette in a tuxedo. The utilization of electric powertrains is really taking shape in the world around us. It was replacements for the 300 charger being required by both divisions and now seeing the new two-door charger electric muscle car. Could a rebirth of the 300 charger come back? The Charger may be coming back in two doors, but can the 300 hold on on an electric platform? You gotta remember, electric platforms are essentially all-wheel drive and rear-wheel drive. The Crown Vic lasted so long because it was a body-on-frame vehicle. Rear-wheel drive. The Charger took over for it because it was rear-wheel drive. It was a police car. But now everybody uses all-wheel drive, SUVs, and pickup trucks. Bringing back some of these famous old names, like I said, the New Yorker, the Concord, the Fifth Avenue, Thunderbolt, Cordoba, Aspen, Imperial, Kronos, even utilizing the crossfire and firepower to give Chrysler a little bit more niche say in the world of today. Bringing back the Chrysler 300 on an electric powertrain with suicide doors and a design reminiscent of the Kronos concept of the 90s would be great to bring out for Chrysler. You can move them out of the premium marketplace and into the luxury marketplace to go up against Cadillac and their Celesque. The airflow concept, a replacement for the previous 200. The ME412 being utilized into an electric supercar to go up against the likes of the Tesla Roadster would set Chrysler on a stage none of the competition have. Utilizing products from their past and nameplates from their past, Chrysler could move themselves forward into a future of longevity. Like we said, utilizing the New Yorker nameplate for an autonomous pod in the city. Pods are going to be something required in the future. Autonomous pods, like the General Motors Cruise Origin, are products that we're going to need in and around our city. Companies like Canoe are already seeing this. Canoe has signed deals with Walmart for their last mile delivery service. They've also signed up with NASA to deliver astronauts to new space shuttle programs. They're not 100% autonomous. There's somebody in them, but they're essentially a ride-sharing platform. A brand new autonomous pod from Chrysler under the New Yorker nameplate could help bring Chrysler into the 21st century. An inner city pod called the Chrysler 100 to get you and your friends around would be a great little product. Now we all know the Aspen name was originally tied to a two-door end-of-the-line muscle car back in the late 70s. With its counterpart, the Dodge Cordoba, the Aspen was fun. Now the last Aspen was built up the Durango platform, and that is something we've talked about many, many times, is why did they get rid of it? Why did they leave the Escalade and the Navigator alone? These are years before the Wagoneer and Grand Wagoneer came out. And we know Jeep has that market cornered. Chrysler is a luxury brand. Branch out and make Chrysler the new electric luxury brand for the Stellantis group. A DS can handle premium. Lancia Chrysler can handle electric. 
The Chrysler Ypsilon has already been done. The Chrysler Delta has already been done. Let's team these two up together to become the new scale luxury intercity products for the Stellantis Group. With all the nameplates attached to the Chrysler Group, well, Walter P. would be excited to see his future, especially if he had products like his Town & Country's and Autonomous Pod. He had the Imperial as a brand new flagship to go up against the likes of the Bentley Continental and Rolls-Royce Ghost. To have a brand new Newport come out, and utilizing the Newport name, we get it, it was an old boat, but the Newport name can be utilized for a brand new trekking style vehicle, an active lifestyle vehicle as a Newport. Chrysler needs them. They need the entry-level pod, the active lifestyle vehicle, the halo car, their top tier sedan, and a brand new SUV and CUV. Utilizing nameplates like the New Yorker, the Imperial, the Newport, the Aspen, the Firepower, the Crossfire, and the ME412 can all bring this company out of submission and bring them into a future we all look forward to. Now, do you want to see a new Chrysler come out? Or do you just hope that they'll be one of the many divisions that get passed on in the Stellantis group? Will they make it? Or will they be kicked out and wind up sealing themselves with the same fate as products like Datsun and Holden? Let's hope not, especially with great names from their past. So, like I said at the beginning, Chrysler has a lot of great nameplates under its belt. Killing it off, even by giving it just 10 years to kind of slowly dwindle itself out of existence, is hard to do. Lancia is essentially there already, and yet they have so much in the pipeline coming out. Do you think Chrysler will be one of the ones that survive, or do you think it will be one of the ones that fail? Well, drop me a line. Head on over to autolux.net and send us an email. If you're looking for the email address and you can't find it, well, email at autolux.net. Tell us what you think and which division of the Stellantis group do you think will die out? Do you think Chrysler will make it or do you think it will pass by? Let us know. I'm your host, Everett J, and you've been listening to the Autolux Podcast, a production of Ecom Entertainment and the Autolux.net website. You can find us on all of major streaming platforms from around the world, along with Feedspot.com, Podbeam.com, and Autolux.net. And while there, always like, share, or comment. The more you comment, the more you like us, the more you share us, helps us grow and helps us bring more stories and more information about the automotive world that we all love help us and help us grow like comment and share us find us on all major social media feeds and if you have an idea about what you want to say or want to get in contact with us like we said email at autolux.net find us there send an email to everett j myself and tell us hey maybe this would be cool maybe this would be good in a new one and while you are on those platforms like iTunes or Spotify, please rate and review this podcast and help us grow. Help us become bigger and better and get better ideas. Well, actually, that's all up to us. We got tons of ideas already. But help us grow and help us bring more to the automotive world and yourself. Really hope that you've enjoyed this show today. And we hope that you'll drop us a line, you'll send us to friends, and you'll share this podcast. So for myself, Everett J, and the Autolux.net website, strap yourself in for this one fun wild ride from Autolux.